Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, managers are communicated through. Here we go. I was thinking the other day, when we present to clients, there's inevitably this discussion that comes about about how the manager's role relates to the larger organization. Managers want to understand, how do I handle my role as the voice of the company? Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. And then they want to square that with, well, what does that mean relative to staying close to my team, right? Yeah. yeah, people feel it's black and white, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah these, these like dichotomies. I mean, managers want to know, what's my role in terms of keeping my team informed? And then they worry about, well, how do they balance the confidentiality with transparency and openness that they're trying to instill yeah. in their they team. They want to be, you know, it's amazing. I, I, I would say this is, this is an oversimplification, but newer managers want to stay closer to their team and more senior managers, not more senior in terms of age, but just in terms of experience, recognize the need to identify with the organization first. And, and it is possible to have two associations in your mind at the same time, just like the fact that you might be a mother and a wife or a father and a, a husband, right? There, those are two associations, uh, and also a member of synagogue, and also, by the way, a business professional. Those are all associations. But you're associated with your team, and you're associated with the organization, right? They're both. And then the question is, you know, you can't really say black or white, which one is always true. We do know that that ultimately the primary one is the company. If you don't get that, then everything fails organizationally. If every manager believes that they're aligned with their team before they're aligned with the company, you essentially don't have an organization anymore. You have a loose confederation, which I don't know any loose confederations who all agree on pay principles. <laughs> it just doesn't, right? Yeah. The, the logic doesn't follow. Sure, right, but managers plays this fundamental role of being conduit between the organization, yeah. and of course, to the directs, the, the manager is the organization. Yeah. In fact, I, I told somebody the other day, I said, look, you, your job is to have a great relationship with the people. And the reason you do that is not because we want you to have a great relationship, although I suppose spiritually we do. It's because there's an outcome of that, which is beneficial to the organization. The better your relationship is with your people, the easier it is to communicate with them. And you play an enormous role in terms of the communication operationally uh, that the that the company does right right so so yeah so the fundamental rule of managerial behavior that so many managers violate so regularly is this idea that when i get information the information is intended for me and they don't realize that there is no information ever given to a manager that is only intended for the manager even when it's said to be confidential that information is still intended for the entire team but in that particular case, when it's confidential, the manager can't communicate it. But we don't communicate to managers with only the intent of the manager knowing or with the only intent being the manager benefiting. The entire team has to benefit if the manager benefits. Okay, that said, I don't want to – we could spend an hour talking about the theory, right? But I think I, my vague recollection is this is a podcast called Manager Tools. i got to get to the, <laughs> right. the action stuff. Something, yeah, something on the <laughs> Something like lines, that. Yeah. So, look, three points we want to make, Okay. The first rule is what we call the waterfall rule, and that is managers are never communicated to. We're always communicated through. Folks, when you get information as a manager, your first thought 
has to be the effect of that information on your team, not on you, but on your team. And you are not the royal we. You don't get to decide that it's only for you. By definition, it is for the team. By definition, it's not a decision you get to make. By definition, information that comes to you is intended for the benefit of your team. It may be that you can't communicate it, although that's exceptionally rare and people overestimate that. So we're always communicated through. And then the question becomes, okay, once we realize that we're not an individual contributor, that we're not a lone actor, then the question becomes, what do we do? And that's easy. Point number two, you assume your role is to transmit all information, no matter what, unless confidentiality is invoked or is implied. Okay? So the moment we're communicated through, then you have to switch, flip a switch, which we'll talk about more saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to communicate everything. And then the third point, and this is, this is an easy cast in terms of the theory, but, but there are a thousand possible examples and folks fee, feel free to post your examples in the forums and we'll do our best to address them. But the third point is you've always got to add value. It's not enough to simply pass along the information. You must pass along what we would consider to be meta information, which is, Here's what the boss said, and here's what this means. Four of my favorite words in organizational communication language, which is, here's what this means. It is not enough to repeat what somebody else said. I, I do this a lot. I'm in discussions with people, and somebody says, well, he said this. And I said, oh, time out. What does that mean to you? Right? What is the outcome? What are the actions you're going to take? Well, I'm just saying that's what he said it. And when a manager or an executive says to me, I'm just saying, I immediately go, oh, this is not going to be good. Right. When they say, I'm just saying, I was told this, they're implying I am the backstop. I am the roadblock. I am the, you know, the dead end. And, and I'm not responsible for thinking about it, analyzing it, interpreting it, making a judgment call and adding value to it as best you can. Maybe not perfectly right for your team. Yeah. Sorry. We're not, we're off on a lot, a lot of tangents there, but this is, I, I love this cast. It's going to be, yeah, it's, it's good. Favorites. It's good stuff. And this waterfall rule that you mentioned that managers are never communicated to or communicated through is an important one. And so many managers don't know this and then make the same mistake over and over again. I mean, right, there right. ought to be a whole course in business schools about this, right? I mean, it's that important. Dude, they don't teach they don't teach management in business schools. So. Oh, yeah, okay. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah okay, yeah. all right. There might be a monograph published by one of the professors about it, but yeah, it's not going to yeah, be taught. Yeah, maybe they maybe look, they should, look, but that's a different right. The, the simple fact is, let's make it real for people. What happens? How do we come to this this revelation, and, and and why do we want managers to know this? What happens is a manager gets an email somewhere. That's usually the start of things. It comes to us as a manager, but not to our directs. Right. And uh, maybe it comes from our boss. Maybe it's a management distribution, whatever. Maybe it's even a company wide memo. And by the way, we'll talk more about us making the mistake of assuming our directs read and hear the same thing we do. So therefore, we don't have to tell them anything. We'll come back to that. But but look, we think of ourselves as the manager, as the recipient. It came to us. Right. It's mail. Mail comes to us. That right when you're at home and you get snail mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think of it as coming to you. The yeah, you are the end you of as the a chain by of your organization. Yeah, exactly. It's the difference between I and we. Right. So we see ourselves as a recipient, and we think, "What do I?" And literally, I, that, that's the thought. Okay, what does this mean to me? What do I do with this? Look, to be fair, there's there, there's often, and frankly, it's almost always true, it's not just often, it's almost always true, that some individual action of us as a manager is associated with whatever's coming down the hierarchy, right? And we end up thinking about our workload and what we might have to do or schedule or reschedule or even rework 
to make this new deliverable or even just the hint at the new deliverable, whatever may be suggested in the email. Right. We think about the the working manager part. Yeah, the working man, not the man, not the working manager part. Exactly. exactly. And look, to be fair, many folks out there who are listening actually do forward the email onto their team of folks. Before we go any further, Mike, I've got to address. I'm going to pretend that I'm having a conversation with the audience right now, and I'm going to remember a conversation I had. It's been six or seven months ago when I first had the idea for this cast. And the manager, when I started talking about the waterfall rule, he said, oh, you know, that doesn't really apply to me. And I could feel him letting himself off the hook for the the deliverable or the responsibility I was about to put on his shoulders. And he said, he essentially was saying what a lot of people out there listening right now are thinking, which is, well, Mark and Mike, it's it's different in my company because we're so technologically advanced in my company. We <laughs> we have uh, we have evolved into an email centric culture. Let me tell you, the next time you want to say that sentence, folks, when you say we have evolved to an email centric culture, I want you to add one letter to it to make it more precise. I can't imagine that you would mind that. Right. All I'm suggesting is when you make that statement, you add one letter to the statement. It's a long statement. It's just one letter that I'm asking you to add. So hopefully you won't quibble about the details. And I'm asking you to change from we've evolved to a email centric culture to we've devolved to an email centric yeah. culture. I right? saw that coming. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, okay. You're smart. Look, um, people are saying, Mark, you, this doesn't really matter to me because waterfall stuff generally in my firm gets communicated to everyone all at once. We're transparent here. Everybody at the bottom knows everybody knows what everybody at the top is doing on a daily basis. Oh my God, is that a recipe for disaster? But anyway, waterfall stuff, Mark, generally gets communicated to everybody all at once through a broadcast email that comes to me at the same time as it comes to everybody else. And frankly, when you say that, you make our point for us right? Many of us has become so used to being communicated to with the idea of a organization-wide email. And so if you see the distro as all hands, all company, right? It's like, okay, by definition, that's just to you, right? You are one of many end nodes. Those kinds of things, we're not against them inherently, but those kinds of communications essentially for those instances render the managerial hierarchy moot, the problem is if that happens a lot, all of us as managers start to lose touch with our important roles of conduit. I think, Mike, you used that term earlier, translator, as opposed to simply recipient. Okay. I have to tell you something, folks. We're hinting at the old game of telephone where you'd put 30 people in a circle or 10 people in a circle and one person would whisper, the first person would whisper, you know, a short sentence to the second person. And you would see after it got whispered 10 times, whether or not it got back to the, the person as exactly as it started and it's it's literally hilarious you could you could drop it down to five or six people who are told your goal is to make it perfect and they won't so we have talked to far too many managers who have simply abdicated the important responsibility of translation of messages to your directs illumination of what the message means to your directs in the past, this was a valuable service that managers provided in the organizational structure. CEOs don't know who every single person who's going to read their broadcast email. They expect managers to say, this is what it means to you. So your job, an important part of your job in serving 
the organization's need to keep everyone aligned and to maximize productivity around the core needs of the organization is that you're a conductor, you're a translator, you're an interpreter, you're a promulgator, you're a conduit, you're a pastor, you're an enlightener, right? You are not a roadblock. You're not a dead end. You are definitely not a recipient if we define a recipient as only recipient. Yeah, e- email is great in terms of efficiency, right? It makes communication from the top to the very bottom in a very large organization yeah. very efficient. But the effectiveness comes from the manager as the role of the conductor, the translator, the interpreter, right? Providing meaning and context to folks in, you know, email blasts from yeah. up high. Don't do and, that. And all, all communication that all communication efforts that are built on the idea that efficiency is good inherently limit the ability to adding meaning and value, right? I, I've, I've had conversations before, little soft arguments with people, and, and, and I'm willing to lose the argument. I've told people before, the fact that technology companies end up being email-centric is not a function of the fact that email technology is particularly good and they're enamored of it. In fact, Email technology is pretty darn good and, and lots of technical people are enamored of it, but I don't believe that's what it is. It's that those same people who are technically oriented are aligned toward efficiency rather than effectiveness, generally speaking in our experience. So they choose an, a communication device that's designed to make things more efficient. But efficiency and effectiveness are not always aligned. And so what ends up happening is you choose something that's efficient. And it ends up being ineffective. And you think you've been successful. And the idea that because everybody hears the message at the same time, that's better. Folks, that's mistaken. It's simply mistaken as a blanket statement. Everybody hearing the original message, I'm not saying it's wrong, but the idea that that's better than other people interpreting, that implies that the idea that we don't like our institutions is somehow true all the time. But the fact is, if the company strategy is X, but you're in the mailroom, you don't know how you're going to be implementing the company strategy. And if you think everybody in the mailroom gets to decide what that company strategy means for them, you're smoking crack. You need to go somewhere else. And a manager in the mailroom ought to say, okay, here's what this means. And here's how I translate this into work priorities for you guys for the next quarter and so on. Look, there's a corollary to this that I think further proves this decay in terms of managerial thinking about communications that we're talking about. We get notes all the time from individual contributors, from managers, from clients, and they show us a mail or they tell us of a communique of some sort that they got. And they ask us, what do you think this means? And that's a tough question, folks. We're happy to help. But the fact is, often we're reduced to saying it might mean X, it might mean Y, it might mean Z, but it really mostly depends. Those X or Y or Z, those ors are largely dependent in terms of weight and their sensitivity to various factors to the culture of your firm around factors like A and B and C and D. And what we like to tell people is that's what managers are for. We want to scream at them. That's what you're for is to, to analyze. If you don't understand, you need to go to your boss and talk to him and say, hey, look, what do you think this means? Now, I know people say, oh, I wouldn't want to ask my boss a question because I don't want him to think I don't know. Well, trust me, he probably thinks you don't know. Or you can wait until he finds out that you worked on the wrong thing and you've wasted a lot of time. So the fact is managers play an important role and not every communication broadcast or otherwise all communications by definition decay the further, the more levels they get away from the originator. And the only way that you can avoid that organizational sandpaper, that organizational communication attenuation is to step up and rebroadcast it and rebroadcast it in language that makes sense to your team. And that means you're communicated through as opposed to being communicated to.
Okay, now I've got a, a little bit of a problem with what you said. I mean, it makes that that makes sense, but you know, I'm manager of a very large organization. A lot of the stuff that comes down to me is it's sensitive, even if it's not confidential, which often it is. It's sensitive, and you know, frankly, I don't <laughs> I don't know that I can in a large number of instances, follow yeah. your advice here without getting in trouble. You, you sensitive guys, man. <laughs> I always wanted to be like you. You know, you know what's funny about that? The word sensitive has been totally co-opted in the last 10 or 15 years. You know, it used to be there was secret, right? Or there was eyes only or whatever government phrases. And then there was confidential. And now there's a new one, which is sensitive. And people say we need to be sensitive. In fact, at least in the U.S., folks, kids are being raised with sensitivity, which... I don't know, Mike, when I was in school, we didn't, we, we didn't do sensitivity stuff. I'm sure they're better for it. But what's happened is it's leaked into the professional mindset as a level of, um, what's the word, lack of communication, a level of confidentiality that is less than secret, that is less than close hold, that is less than confidential. It is sensitive. And suddenly, because that's not an organizational word, and there aren't clear definitions. Everybody gets to choose, you know, because I'm sensitive to you and you're sensitive to me, but in different ways, because every individual must be, must be appreciated as an individual flower of great growth and opportunity. Therefore, we can all choose what we're sensitive about. I, I reject it. And I say, no, that is a newly made up word designed to cover managers not wanting to make decisions about how they can help their teams become more effective. Look, we need to see this. The manager's recommended is, recommendation is you must assume your role is to transmit all information unless confidentiality is specifically invoked or obviously a function of the topic at hand. Okay. Now, look, folks, we know this turns conventional wisdom on its head. Based on what we see in here, uh, um, most managers start with an assumption that everything that comes to me is for me and generally for me alone, unless I'm told that that information is supposed to be promulgated. If I'm told by my boss, hey, get this out to everybody. Oh, I know that, right? I'm supposed to get that out to everybody. That's just the opposite. As managers, we need to be, the only time we communicate whether or not to talk about something is if we're not supposed to talk about it, right? That's what our boss should be telling us. So therefore, if we're not told not to talk about it, by definition, we have to talk about it. This way that people are doing it now with sensitivity and carefulness and so on is upside down. Okay, but if I do that, then... You know, we, we've talked about, I think, I'm sure we've talked about on various podcasts, you know, types of power. And in particular, when yeah, it comes to right. expertise, expertise is, is a form of power. And, you know, one part of, of expertise is information. So if I yeah. pass on down everything I know, then my power yeah, goes you're down. Giving it yeah, there's another part of it, 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 the whole infra- information is power thing is also, it's not just expertise. You could make a you could make a case that it touches on all three. Information can be a function of expertise. It can also be a function of relationships, right? You know mm, somebody true, who knows true, something. Yeah. It also could be role power, right? Only directors, only VPs will know this um, because of the upcoming steel cage death match for all we know. Okay, so you made my point even stronger. This is a bad idea, passing down information. And that's yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah, and frankly... We can't tell you, right, how many times someone didn't want to tell us something because them having it internal in the firm and us not having it as external to the firm as consultants in their mind meant a form of power over us that was, you know, hey, Mr. Consultant, don't think just because my boss's boss's boss hired you, you're all that big a deal. And then 
what's sad about it, we can't, we also can't tell you how many times we can't even count as high, how many times people whom we already, we already knew somebody more, uh, we, we knew the information this person withholding more, somebody more senior had told it to us. And this person was mistakenly thinking that they were withholding it from us, which is really interesting because I think we've talked about this before. There, there's when we talk about the exchange of things in human in the human condition, two that are two standard exchange theories. One is called the information exchange theory, and the other one is the monetary or economic exchange theory. Economic exchange theory is a common one that most people can get very quickly. If I have a dollar and I give it to Mike, then he has a dollar and I do not information exchange theory is very different. If I have information and I give it to Mike, I have it, he has it. And not only do we both have the information, so the amount of information is doubled. If you think about information as being owned by people, but there's additional value. Now I know that he has it. He knows that I have it and he is indebted to me because I gave it to him. So the, and so there's a, there's information around, our relative value to one another because of the exchange. So literally, if you go into exchanges of information with the economic model, which is if I have it and you don't, and then I give it to you and then I don't, it tends to make you make bad decisions about organizational communications. So in a way, you might think you're right, Mike, that I'm proving the point. But the problem is, all too often, if the organization knows. And just look, folks, just ask senior executives. If I get an email from my boss, should I assume that there might be value to my team and I should forward it on to my team and tell them why it's valuable? Or knowing nothing else, if you're, if executives ask your executives, black or white, should I forward nothing or should I forward everything? Not in between, but what, you know, other than those things that are totally confidential. If you told me Hey, if you couldn't think about which to choose, which would you choose, which would you tell me to choose? Every single one of them who's any way smart would say, Oh, format, you know, forward everything and, and forward everything and don't even communicate more information. Although we recommend you add more value. And if you can add value to it as well, that's what they would say. Look, the professional approach here is to say by definition, by definition, not by decision, not by thinking, not by evaluation, not by, by purpose of, of elimination, anything to you as a manager is meant for, just because it's to you doesn't mean it's for you. Anything to me is for my whole team. Because of course, your team's actions and your actions are more than interrelated, right? You're, you're intertwined with one another. Your work with, with, you know, managers, your work with your team is not just connected. It's inseparable from your team's work. Let's hope. Otherwise, maybe the organization is organized wrong, right? If I benefit from knowing something, then by definition, my team will benefit from knowing it. And they may even learn more because I'm able to add more value. That That is the information exchange model that is more powerful than the economic exchange model. Yeah. Well, it's really easy if you if you look at it the other way, too. I mean, suppose that your boss knew something that was not confidential. And this, right. to me, is the killer. This yeah. is the killer. So, okay, keep keep going with your thought. But I'm telling you now, this is the killer thought that I think there are people who are still listening to us right now going, well, okay, the one he's talking about is kind of theory. I kind of get it. But, you know, our company's not that open. You go ahead. Go ahead. Walk, walk, walk me through it. I knew you were going to get there. Okay. Let's, let's say all things being equal. Wouldn't right. you want to know it? I mean, it's not confidential. Your boss knows it's not confidential. Go back. You're talking about, you, you, you're asking me to suppose my boss knows something that is not confidential. And you're saying all things being equal, you're asking me, would I want to know it? Yeah, wouldn't you? 
Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's just so easy, right? Okay, so what if he didn't tell you, right? What if he didn't tell you? And then next week, you found it. You found it out, and you found out it wasn't confidential. Wouldn't you want to know why? Or Yeah, what was his rationale for not telling me? I mean, if, if he was not told it was confidential, and then he chose not to tell me, I got to say that's a little bit of a wedge in our relationship. What the hell's up with that? Yeah, it's exactly. either he doesn't respect my intelligence or he wants to keep things from yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, you'd be saying different words, but you'd be like, what the heck were you yeah. thinking? Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah, yeah. That, to me, if you just kind of go through that mental exercise, you quickly come to the realization that, yeah, you you have to pass this stuff on down. I, I'd say something more. You know, particularly the, the higher you rise in an organization, I really don't think that most managers have a full understanding of the value of the information to somewhere in the organization. I mean, three levels down from me, do I really know what information those folks need on a daily basis to make decisions? I bet you're looking at tons of things that are frankly meaningless to me. But if they knew it and it wasn't confidential, they'd be able to make better decisions. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think managers get too busy and they don't communicate it down and they don't add value. And then they wonder why people are off track you know, why people are straggling after ripe blackberries. And yeah, you're absolutely right. And people just don't think that far down. And yet they do think one level down, right? Everybody can do that. Sure. So that's why it's incumbent upon every manager to to communicate everything, unless it's truly confidential, and then to add value to it along the way. Which one more thing before I talk about confidentiality, and that is Imagine, you know, we've just sort of sketched out both sides of the argument, both you communicate nothing or you communicate everything other than confidential. There's another middle ground, which is you make a decision every time about whether or not to communicate it based on value and the time you take and so on. I got to tell you something that just breaks down pretty quickly, right? Do we really think that we add enough value to every single communique by deciding on its target that the time spent is justified on a cost per hour basis? It just makes no sense. You can't, with the volume of communications that are occurring today in most organizations, determine that I need to spend a couple of minutes deciding whether or not to communicate something based on the relative value of the target I'm going to be communicating to. I just can't believe it. And now let's just talk about confidentiality briefly. It totally goes without saying we don't communicate those things that are explicitly stated as being confidential, right? Not sensitive, confidential. Uh, all too often, sensitive is made up word. There, are, the folks. To be to be fair to some of you, there are companies that use the the phrase sensitive or the code word sensitive to mean a level of close hold of information. I'm not I'm not against that, but there are far too many managers who say, "Well, it's not confidential, but but I'm sensitive here." Like, yeah, okay. And you want power, so you're going to hold on to information that if you're the one who has it, you think that gives you more power. Actually, it isolates you, but that's a whole other conversation. You know, we, we don't pass along those things that are, are confidential. But the flip-flop of that is, unless the individual mail or the conversation or the communication you have includes a specific prohibition against its promulgation, then we are recommending you forward it on or pass it on and add value to it as well if you're talking to your team. Now, look, what I just said was something that's explicitly stated as being confidential There are also some topics that the organization assume you know carry with them inherent confidentiality, right? And those aren't going to be said, this is confidential. They assume that you know compensation, discipline of individuals, pre-launch new product information, 
non-public financial disclosures. And in other companies, there are a couple of other special areas, but those are the broad ones, right? But the thing is, is that people start there and then look for more things not to communicate when in fact we should be crowding out those few things that we're not supposed to communicate about. These are the exceptions to the rule. And too many managers have turned these into an overarching approach of, I'm going to be sensitive. In fact, I call this the not com as opposed to dot com, the not com approach, right? I'm not going to communicate things. If I have a doubt, I'm not going to communicate it. Well, if you have to decide on everything that you know is not confidential, you're going to be deciding on giving less information, which is essentially ineffective and inefficient in the long run for the company. It may seem careful to you, but it's just unnecessary. It's a waste of your time. And frankly, it's harmful. The key here, folks, is when in doubt, communicate. When you get emails and they're not in that very small group of confidentiality covered topics, forward the email along. When your boss briefs you at her staff meeting, take great notes. You're going to have to share that information to everyone who works for you within the week. Ask questions of your boss because you know you're obligated to help with the transition, transition, I'm sorry, the translation and enlightenment duties that you accept when you pass down information because you want to be able to answer the questions that your directs ask, right? When you attend a meeting and something new is mentioned, even if you're not, quote, briefed on it, unquote, take notes, share those notes with your team. Hey, I heard this. I thought you guys would want to know. I think this means X or Y or Z. Relatedly, make sure you amplify points made by your own team members during your staff meeting. If, if one of your team members says X and everybody appears uninterested and you're surprised by that, take a minute and explain to them the value of X and how it connects A and B and C and D team members when in fact they don't appear to be all that interested. And that helps your team members brief other people more effectively. Train your team members now to see the value of information, not just as power if we hold on to it, but with the information exchange model, it can become more powerful by sharing it more open, more openly. So hopefully that's clear. We, we've got to communicate more than we're communicating now. We have to flip from everything's careful and everything's to me to nothing's careful and nothing's really to me. It's, it's for my team. Yeah. And they're only communicating to me to save the trouble of communicating to everybody on my team all at once. Yeah. Move from the default of not communicating to the default of communicating. Yep, exactly. When in doubt, communicate. You use the term, here's what this means, several times as we have been talking. This, this idea of the manager adding value as they communicate the information down the chain. It's really interesting you should say that because I had a boss. He'd come down, he'd pass on some information. He'd almost give it kind of verbatim what, what his boss said. And then, he's, right. then he'd almost always say, and this is what it means to us. And then right. go on for another five minutes or whatever the topic I love that required, guy. right? Yeah, yeah. And tell us what it meant for us and provided context. Now, it means nothing for us, but you may see other people within the organization, yes. sister exactly. organizations doing certain things. You got to know. You need to know why they're doing what they're doing, why they're responding to this particular piece of news. Or here's what it means specifically to us. We have to do X, Y, you know, A and B. Right. And he was that's awesome. Great. Look, that's, that's an executive who understood his role. Look, when we talk to executives about executive roles and responsibilities, we tell them that one of their roles is to turn uncertainty into certainty for the organization. What executives do is interpret the external world. They make sense of the external world. They apply the organization that they're in to that externality, the, the marketplace or um, wherever they're competing. And then they 
make some decisions based on where the organization might compete, but based on the sensing that they've done and the wisdom that they have, they turn some decisions into action plans and goals and projects and priorities for their managers and for their individual contributors. That's what they do. They eat uncertainty and spit out certainty internally. They eat the external uncertainty and spit out internal certainty. Yeah, I never really thought about it until this evening, but you, but that's what managers do, right? Even if you're just a team lead, you got three people yeah, working e- for you. Exactly, you're, right? You're doing yeah. the same thing, yeah. Yeah, you're basically taking the uncertainty of what's happening at higher levels, which for most individuals is, it might be understandable, but it's still a level above where you're thinking about it on a day-to-day basis. And to your team, basically, you're making sense of the external, usually that means vertical world, and turning it into plans and work for your individual contributors or for your managers. That means what you've got to do is hear what your boss says to you and then saying it to your team differently, probably, but in a way that will best help them understand it. Look, folks, your boss is likely only to be able to structure his or her communication to you and your peers even though he surely intends it to have an impact on everyone in his organization, right? He's talking to you in a way that'll make sense to you. He expects you to turn around and talk to your team in a way that makes sense to them. And that means knowing your team, but it also means knowing exactly what your boss meant and what that means for your team. So we have to add value by not only communicating what was said, and and we'll come back to that, right? But also saying, here's what this means for us. We have to interpret. We have to say, hey, I think this means budget cuts is coming. The boss said X. I think what that means is budget cuts are maybe coming. They're not here yet and they may not come at all, but I think it'd be smart of us to tighten up a bit and maybe at next month's budget review, let's add 30 minutes for a 2% reduction on our budget's brainstorming session and we'll all come up with some ideas and see if we can't figure it out. Or you might say, hey guys, um, Based on what I've heard, what the boss is saying here, I think there's a possibility product alignments are being reviewed. That may mean some reorganizations in in the company because, look, folks, if products are going to be realigned, I can't imagine they're not being reorgs, but I don't know that. What that means, if there's reorgs, is that we need to freshen up our briefing books. You know, I'm happy to add 30 minutes to anybody's one-on-one with them, with me in the coming weeks to go over your drafts of your briefing books, right? Make sure your briefing book is current, especially around the tech training we've been spending money on this year. Update your team achievements. And look, all things being equal, and no, they won't be, but, but regardless, we'll be less scathed than others in the reorg if we have our, our ducks in a row regarding being able to communicate what our value and what our budgets and what our plans are. Yeah. And- The point about not only communicating what was said, it's important that you still are faithful to what was said and then tell people how how that translates for them. If you only say, hey, here's what I need to tell you, and they don't get connected back to the higher level message, you're leaving them unconnected to the larger organization. Whereas if you said, hey, the boss told us this, X, Y, Z, here's what it means for us, X, Y prime, Z prime, and A and B as well, because we're the ones that are going to have to implement this change in our back office. That's the kind of context people want. And left to their own devices, the more people know about what Mike and I learned in the military is called commander's intent. In other words, not just the mission, but the idea behind the mission, they're able to make more decisions without direct guidance. Those decisions may be wrong, but they're much less likely to be wrong the more information they have about what you're doing, what you they, you think your boss is doing, and what you think your boss means. And look, the bottom line here is when you're forwarding something to your team, you've got to add value to it. 
it's wasteful for you not to add value by adding the words, here's what this means, and then giving them additional information. And that's, that's the waterfall rule, right? Managers are never communicated to. We're always communicated through. We have to see our job as a conduit. Your role is never to transmit nothing or to be careful or to be sensitive. Your role is to translate everything unless confidentiality is specifically invoked or a topic that is naturally confidential, not sensitive, but confidential is the discussion point. And then lastly, it's not enough just to pass along the message. You must pass along the message and you must say, this is what this means for us. Look, this is a simple thing, but not a lot of managers are doing it. Executives do it all the time, but we have to learn as managers that what we learn isn't just for us. It's not just for us. What we have to ask is, what does this mean for my team members? How can I make this actionable for them? If we think that everybody gets what we get, I promise you folks, we've assumed incorrectly. Your directs are busy. Help them understand what's going on. And it boils down to something simple. It's all about people and more communication is better. I don't know who said it, but I wish I had. (laughs) Smart guy. He's pretty smart. (laughs) All right, my friend. Thanks, Parker. See you. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everyone. That's it. Hey, this was a simple one today, but this is terribly important. Don't forget, managers are communicated through. All right, folks, we'll see you next week. So long.